When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Golden Bears, Justin Allegri. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bear in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Justin Allegri. We've got a good show here for you this week. We'll talk with a couple of our special guests, one of them being Gus Larson from the men's basketball team, the walk-on and the former Penn product, will join us to talk about his journey from the Ivy League to the Pac-12 here at California. We'll also speak with the head coach in her fourth season at the helm of the softball team. Chelsea Spencer will join us. She's getting ready to get their team underway to start the year. Softball gets going this week in Louisiana with six games over four days. So we'll talk to her about her squad moving forward and what she expects of that group coming up this season. All right, before we get into it, though, a couple of takeaways from last week for the men's basketball team. Back-to-back wins now, and four of the last five have been won by the Cal men's basketball team. They got the tremendous win on the road, just dominating performance over Arizona State, a wire-to-wire victory. A couple of double-doubles from Jalen Tyson and Fardaz Amak in that game, and the Bears never trailed in that one, which was a big win on the road to split that road trip down in the state of Arizona. Then they came back in front of the best crowd in a long time inside Haas, over 11,000, just under 12,000. In fact, a sellout crowd for the first time since 2017. And the Bears, they hung on late. It was an overtime game after a double-digit lead in the second half was erased by USC. But the Bears in overtime defeat the Trojans for the first time in 11 tries. And more uh, great stuff from Jalen Tyson, who went off for 27 points. Another double-double for him, three consecutive games. And Fardaz Amak as well doing his part 
with 20 rebounds in that game for the Bears. And California, they're now 6-6 six and six in Pac-12 conference play after that 83-77 victory over USC. So that's a, a kind of a, a look back at what we had for the men's basketball team and upcoming on this podcast. But first, we'll take a step aside and get you some of the top stories from last week in Cal Athletics. All right, we start this week with the rugby team. They got a road win over UCLA on Saturday. The Bears just routing the Bruins 66-12 down in Los Angeles. The Bears, they're now 6-0 to start their season. They've been dominating every performance so far this year, and a big one over UCLA. They'll now come home for their next contest. It'll be at home against BYU on February the 10th. That's on Saturday. And the match will be aired on Pac-12 Bay Area. Kickoff set for noon up in Strawberry Canyon. Our second story we just talked about during the Open. It's the men's basketball team with a thrilling victory in front of a capacity crowd inside Haas 83 to 77 the final score over USC the Trojans had won 11 consecutive games over the Bears but that was snapped in an 83 to 77 overtime win it was key it was key contributors from several different players Jalen Cohn with 20 Jalen Tyson with 27 Fardaz Amak with 15 points and 20 rebounds, and the Bears with 11 threes made. They made it interesting down the stretch, but they pulled it out in overtime, their fourth overtime game this year, and their second win in the overtime session. The Bears now 6-6 six six in Pac-12 conference play. Finally, we'll to the football team. It was NLI day for California football. Remember, they had signed plenty early in the December signing period. In fact, 18 back in December, but they weren't finished quite yet. They had their national signing day increase. A couple of players were signed to the 2024 recruiting class, making it 30 total now. A punter, Bobby Inksler from uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and then a defensive back, Kamani Hudson, very highly touted recruit out of Houston, Texas, went to North Shore High School. They were the two to join the Golden Bears on signing day, and both are scheduled to be in Berkeley in June. Now, Cal, as I mentioned, already had those 28 members in 2024 signed in December, 18 of which are already in Berkeley and are expected to start spring ball with the Golden Bears football team as that uh, workout starts on March the 18th. And that's a look at the top stories from last week in Cal Athletics. Fubo is the official streaming platform of Cal Athletics. With Fubo, you can watch every Pac-12 game, plus more college and pro sports, shows, movies, and news on over 350 live TV channels. Stream it live on your TV, phone, and other devices. No cable required. The best part? You can try Fubo free. There's no contract or commitment. To start watching, just go to FuboTV.com. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com. All right, we continue this week's Bear in Mind podcast. We're talking with the fourth season head coach of the softball team, Chelsea Spencer, joins us now. Coach, how are you? I'm well. Uh, thank you for having me here. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We, we both survived the storm, it seems like, and uh, now you guys get a chance to, to get your season going. It's so so much fun when when uh, the, the season comes around because it just feels like spring is upon us here. Uh, but coach, just tell me how you're, you're feeling about this team going into the year. Uh, we're very excited. Um, this team, uh, you know, I think that we're in an upward trend every year, uh, from our recruiting to our player development. Um, you know, getting these players, you know, better as we go athletically. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm very excited going into. into uh, Lafayette and McNeese, uh, two great 
uh, opponents coming up in the next few days. Um, I think Louisiana uh, Lafayette's uh, what number 21 on the re- rankings. We get two games against them, and McNeese almost beat UW last year um, at a regional. So uh, these are quality teams. We got oh you know New Mexico uh, as well as um, Chattanooga always a great team too. So uh, this tournament is going to test us from the get, and um, we're going to play six games. Uh, uh, that's a lot of games over the, yeah. uh, you know over. Uh, over the next week so uh you know you know relying on our preparation and you know coaching coaching staff to get these student athletes to where they need to be but yeah excited well you know t- tell us a little bit about the off season because last year it was a 35 win season most since 2018 guys had some good success both offensively on the pitching side as well when, when you when you looked at the off season, what was your point of emphasis for this team to get them ready now for this season you know, it always comes down for uh, to recruiting. Uh, you know, always you know recruiting. You know, out recruiting the opponent or you know, excuse me, your previous class. So, uh, you know, the point of emphasis was to get you know the best athletes we can in, right. and um, uh, you know, and, and then you look at the numbers of where we can get better, and you know, pitching and um, and defense are, are where we're supposed to be good percentage wise and numbers wise in, in the game of softball, and you're only supposed to hit a little bit. You know. Uh, you know, I want to hit a lot, so don't get me wrong. I don't want to take any points off the off the offensive numbers, uh, uh, but defense and pitching is where we we knew uh, we were going to have to clean up some of those uh, mistakes. And uh, we, uh, you know, our coach Quico, uh, she's the infield coach this year. Uh, she's doing a great job. Um, she's been with me the longest out of this uh, out of the staff. Um, great experience, World Series experience at Oregon and Texas when we moved there. And then you got. You know, Coach Tooley, who we brought in, uh, I've been trying to get her hired for, for years now, and finally uh, the stars aligned, and uh, she's one of the best pitching coaches out there, and, you know, we've been working hard with these student-athletes, and, you know, they're well-received uh, uh, coaches as we have moved forward with the new staff, um, you know, and continue the offense. Shoot, like, Coach Telesco is the NAIA coaching staff of the year last year, um, like the man, and uh, what he's been doing to our offense is, is killer. Well, and there's there's a lot to follow up there because I, I think you kind of just touched on everything that, that going into this season I think Bears fans should be thinking about. But I do want to circle back re- real quick there on the numbers you were talking about offensively because this was a team last year that a, a lot of home runs. Uh, I know you lost a big part of that offense when McKenna departed, but, but where are you you're looking at the power numbers coming from this group? You know, we lost uh, not only McKenna, but Casey Zoback, yeah. who, who – who was uh, pretty stellar in our offense last year, uh, driving force of RBIs and doubles um, and home runs. So not only we're losing Kenna, we're also losing Casey. You know, I'm confident that we can, um, you know, make up in some of those areas. Uh, you know, we're looking for Tiana Bell to come through. Uh, Alexis Bishop was a redshirt last year. And, oh my God, she's crushing the ball. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Kaylee Pond. Uh, we call her KP. KP. KP just hit two home runs in scrimmages uh, in scrimmage last week, um, and she's uh, she's only she's a double redshirt sophomore, so she's a sophomore, and but she's I don't know, twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> that's, like, that, that's where I we mean, are right now in college athletics. You get that COVID year, plus you can get a couple of red shirts, and all of a sudden you've got a twenty one year old hitting for you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And she's an all freshman um, uh, Big Twelve uh, selection. Uh, great, great brain in there, in the box uh, uh, with her and Bishop. I, I, you know, and Tatum. Uh, and uh, Acacia had a, a kind of a low year last year, and you know, with uh, with her hard work and dedication to get better offensively, 
I see her get coming in uh, with some RBIs and double threats. Man, we can hit. We scored, we scored 25 runs against our, uh, against our pitching staff. You know, uh, that's a lot. I don't know if it's like, you know, <laughs> if we're not there or 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 is it, you know, the offense who knows our pitchers yeah, yeah. Uh, really well from playing against them the last seven months the pitchers want to see some different hitters for sure that's that's always this time of year right you you, you want to play a different jersey out there but at the same time oh you're, you're, you're trying to evaluate well is our is our are our pitchers just not there yet or is our offense really <laughs> that good <laughs> yeah. so you know it is a, it is a conundrum and we'll we'll see soon won't we <laughs> yeah well maybe talk about the pitching staff coming back too because you, you mentioned some of the numbers you wanted to clean up from a season ago but there are several pitchers coming back that had double digit win seasons uh, one year ago. So, so where is the staff at and, and where did you want to see that improvement? Oh man, you know, just from, uh, unluckily these student athletes have had four pitching coaches in the past four years. Uh, some of them moved on to different programs. Um, uh, and you can't help that, right? Like as a, as a head coach, you want these assistant coaches to further their career and get them to where they want to go. Um, but with the addition of coach Tooley, uh, especially, um, high level uh, performer uh, in uh, international softball and in collegiate softball. Uh, she's taken those three um, to to a different space as well as well as Ryan Orange. Ryan Orange. Um, I mean, our whole our whole staff that we've got this year. We have seven pitchers: Haley Archer, Anna Reimers, um, Annabelle Tepperson, Ryan Orange, um, Samantha Rocha, uh, Ashanti McDade. And one more. Who am I missing? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find out. It, well, that is kind of unique, though, just that, as you say Seven. that. Right? That, that's a lot of pitchers for, for one squad going into the season. Oh, it's our freshman, uh, Randy Rowling, and I expect her to take a ton of innings. She's a, a second uh, high, uh, second in strikeouts in high school last year, uh, missed the Gatorade player of the year by one, uh, you know, by, by like maybe one vote or two. Um, she's uh, a left-handed pitcher uh, coming in with uh, Daniela Tool. She's a left-handed thrower as well, uh, providing some great insight. The girls are getting stronger. I mean, Archie's throwing hard, you know, really hard. She's in the best shape of her life. Um, mentally, she's she's um, she's grown over the off-season. Going to Oklahoma really, uh, really, you know, put in her brain of where we needed to go on the mound. Um, Anna Reimers kind of dealt with some injuries in the past two years, expect her to have a great year. Um, you know, you know, and Ryan orange, high, high velocity thrower paired with a changeup. Um, you know, Annabelle Tepperson hitting spots, you know, she's a dog out there and, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, we have a great staff. Um, we will use them as a staff until they prove to me that, you know, I'm the one and, uh, I'm excited to see who that one is. You're getting me fired up. I love I love hearing all that depth at the pitching staff. That's really good. And and, and you you talked I can go about on and on. I'm just trying to keep it short. No, I love it. I love it. You you could you could throw it at me. I don't care. Uh, you know, it, you, you mentioned some of the the freshmen too. And and at the top, you you talked about how the importance of recruiting in the off season was. But it seemed like the recruiting class you guys put together over the last season was a really really good one. So maybe talk about some of those freshmen and, and some of the players that may not be getting a bunch of starts or a bunch of time on the field, but you're looking forward to uh, to seeing what they progress as. Um, you know, we had Randy Rowling. I, I recruited the heck out of that kid. Uh, you know, I tried to go to almost every single one of our games in the past couple of years. Uh, I've seen her a lot. I've seen her, you know, her ups and I've seen her downs. And uh, she's one of the most competitive people out there. Mm. Um, Coach Cuico called a game in the fall and 
or not calling it, but was uh, sitting next to her and, you know, Randy said, I was looking at her paper and it said 10, six out of 10 strikeouts. And she's like, ah, only, only six strikeouts. And Coach Quico looks at her and says, what, you want 11 out of 10 strikeouts? She's like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and that's the type of kid she is. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you're, you're, you're usually your strengths are your weaknesses and trying to teach her how maybe not to challenge the best hitter when you have a bag open, trying to let go of that ego a little bit is something that she'll probably need to work on. Longi Kiroga, uh, she's our stud catcher. Um, expect her to um, play a lot, a, a large percentage of the games. I mean, uh, I like her because she played tackle football till she was in eighth grade. Mm. Like, and the only reason why she stopped was because the guys were headhunting for her. You know what I mean? Uh, she's tough, competitive. D duly and, noted. Um, don't mess with her, right? Don't mess with her. You know, can take some shots. You know, you got <laughs> yeah. KK Todd, who's from this the Hayward area. Um, I've known her mom for a long time, Sharon. And uh, they raised her in a way that, uh, I mean, that kid is tough as nails. I mean, she's in the box and she means business. She swings the bat. She can hit the ball uh, far. She's not, she's not, she's not, she's no bigger than I am, uh, but, but she can hit a lot farther than I can. And, uh, uh, you know, she can swing it and uh, she'll be, uh, you know, maybe at first base, maybe right field. Um, and you got Nyland Marshall, who's the next one, who's the smoothest infielder you'll ever see. Mm. I'll tell you, she the way she throws on the run, uh, the, the angle she takes to the ball, there's not going to, you know, be many balls that are hit past her. She's going up uh, versus second base versus, uh, with uh, Elon uh, Butler. Uh, they're having a good fight out of who's going to play that position. Um, and uh, she's been hitting some, she's been, you know, uh, Nyland's, you know, weaker part of her games are offense, but she's coming uh, and pushing Elon to that brink of like who's gonna who's gonna be able to take that position, um, and yeah, so those I think those four are gonna be the um, ones who who to look out for in the next in the next year. Talking with Coach Spencer from the softball team, you know it, when when you you do look at the rest of this this season, I, I got to bring it up because it is the final year at least as we know it of the Pac-12. Uh, which is Rest such 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 a good <laughs> softball conference, right? And it's it's tough because you don't really want to think about it too much because you got a season in front of you. But but is it in the back of your mind that gosh, we're not going to be playing some of these great matchups in the conference anymore? Yeah, I mean, I've come to the harsh reality that um, you know money drives all, especially mm -hmm. in the society we live in, the capitalist society, and you know. It is what it is, right? Like, I, I, I am heartbroken. I'll tell you, there's no other softball coaches in the country that are more heartbroken than the Pac-12. You have six out of nine alumni who are coaching their program. Right. And we are Pac-12 through and through. We have led it. We have, we have defended it. We have showed why it is the best softball conference or the, con you know, the best conference in the, in the, in this, in this country. Right. And there's nobody more heartbroken than our, than our coaches. Right. And, um, do we, I want to be more of a celebration, right? Like sure, you go to a funeral, sure. you want to celebrate the life a little bit. And yeah, it's on my mind. I want to be the last Pac-12 champion. Um, and it, it is sad, but I think we've finally come to the conclusion that, you know, we, we're going to go up against great ACC opponents. We're, we're great additions to that conference too. Um, you know, the quote, the non Pac-12 people, I want to call them haters, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that we've caught, we've caught a lot of heat. And, you know, I just want people to know out there that the conference that we're going to, we're a great addition to it. 
Yeah, it should be a lot of fun this year. Six games over four days to start the season for the softball team. And if you want to catch them in action, their first home game is on February 28th against UC Davis. That's the head coach, Chelsea Spencer. Coach, appreciate the time. Good luck with the start of the season. Thank you, sir. Uh, go Bears. Let's go. All right, Chelsea Spencer, a softball coach in the fourth season at the helm of the Golden Bears, getting ready to start the season for California. It's going to be a tough one on the road. You know, a lot of games in a short window for the softball team, but they get going in Louisiana, a total of six games in four days for them, and uh, that's the action upcoming for the Cal softball team. All right, we'll switch gears now and get over to basketball, and before we get to Gus Larson, a reminder that you can grab your tickets to the upcoming games. There are three home dates remaining for the men's basketball team, several home games as well for the women's basketball team, and you can grab your tickets by going to CalBears.com or call 800-GO-BEARS to secure your seat today. All right, we continue this week's Bear in Mind podcast. We are now joined by our next guest. He's a member of the men's basketball team. Gus Larson now joins us. Gus, how you doing? I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's good to talk with you. It's been a lot of fun watching you this year and watching the team uh, operate this season. I, I do want to kind of talk to you about how you got to Cal, which is always the fun uh, topic. I know you, you started at, a, at an Ivy League school, so maybe talk a little bit about how you came to Cal. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I, I love telling this story. Um, yeah, so, you know, started off at, at Penn, um, you know, kind of doing the, the academic route out of high school. You know, I wasn't super highly recruited, so I, I, I took what I could get and, you know, followed, followed the advice that, you know, I was given and, and, and took the opportunity that, that felt right. Um, Two years in, I realized it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't right for me. Um, and so that kind of prompted me to, to, to look into other options. Um, you know, I left Penn in, in great standing. Um, you know, there's really no, no issues. It, you just needed to, needed a change. Um, you know, lucky enough, was able to reach out to Coach Madsen, um, through a connection and he took a look at the little game film that I had said, come on out for a workout. We'll show you around campus and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can take you. And, you know, I worked out and he said, Hey, I got a, I got a walk on spot, which I immediately was jumped on said, all right, this is the opportunity. This is, this is what I've been given, you know? Um, and so, yeah, here I am seizing that opportunity. It's, it's a good, story of taking the initial step that you need to to you know it sounds like you you wanted to seek a place where you were playing some meaningful minutes uh and and still have the good academic side of things as well but it, it sounds to me like you know in this day and age of players getting recruited and going to to lengthy uh you know events and and different aau events to try and get different attention from coaching staffs it sounded like you took the initiative yourself and just reached out yeah yeah, no, it was, it was a little different, for sure. Uh, tell us how, you know, the, the academic side of things is kind of intriguing to me, right? Because you, talk a little bit about coming out of high school, uh, what your options were, and then you know, it sounds like, you, you know, you wanted to play, and then you also had this academic side of things and, and decided to go to Penn, which is obviously a great academic school. Talk a little bit about the academic side that, that you were thinking of when you were coming out of high school. Yeah, so you know, I, I wasn't just in Penn, but I, I was I was going to the the Wharton Business School, so I was, mm -hmm. I was doing business. Um, 
you know, and that, that was the real, that was the real draw for me. The academics have always been huge, you know, growing up. Um, my mom would only ever let me go play basketball once my homework was done. You know, it was, it was always you get your homework done in the car on the way to basketball and, you know, on the way to all these AU trips, school comes first. Um, you know, growing up, my priorities were always family, um, school, then basketball. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, coming out of high school, when, when that kind of opportunity was presented to me, it was, it was just like, you know, I've been preparing my whole life to, to chase that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I took the academic option and I took, you know, the best one I had. Well, how difficult to, it, it's got to be a challenge when you're talking about that, that academic side that you have at Penn and then you're trying to get better as a basketball player and get noticed as a basketball player. 12 games in total is what you got at Penn. So so behind the scenes, how much of it was you trying to grow as a basketball player and what were you doing to try and get that, that notice that you wanted? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was all, it was all behind closed doors, you know, when, when you just don't at, at Penn, you know, I, I just didn't really fit into the system in a, in a, in a meaningful way. You know, there was, there was times where I could get on the court and, and show what I could do. But when it came down to, to meaningful minutes and being able to help the team, you know, that's where it just wasn't a, wasn't a great fit for me. So, a lot of my preparation, you know, if not all of my preparation was off the court, right. you know, um, whether it was with a coach or on my own or with a shooting machine, with a manager, you know, early mornings, late nights, middle of the day, whenever it was, however it had to get done. Um, you know, I, I, I'll share a, a quick story. Um, so, so I've always been a, a religious guy. Um, I grew up LDS, and in every LDS church, there's some type of gymnasium, whether it's just a basket or, um, you know, a, a full-on gym. I, I can't tell you how many, how many times, how many nights, how many mornings I spent in that church gym mm. getting shots up mm. just because, you know, that, that was the only thing I, I was able to get into uh, at the time. Um, so yeah, all of it was was behind closed doors and and I guess somewhat somewhat secretive was was how I viewed it. It, it made it a little bit more fun to just you yeah. know be undercover working out. Yeah, I kind uh, of preparing feel like, for whatever opportunity I could. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's how I would describe maybe the first month or so of the season for you here. I mean, because we we saw you putting in the work on the court. Uh, you know, the first few games you weren't seeing very many minutes, and then to me it kind of kind of popped off the page when we went down to Southern California in that tournament and we saw really yeah. kind of what you were as a player, you know, defensively, you were blocking some shots, you made a big dunk, you hit a three and it was kind of like, all right, th th this, y you have certain layers to your game that maybe, you know, if you're an opposing scout, you're not really certain how to prepare for. So talk through, you know, you, you make the move over to Cal, you, you, you get the relationship with coach Madsen and obviously the coaching staff around here, what did they bring as the next layer to your game, and how have you seen that develop? Because I think we've seen that development over the last three months. Where you're you're doing more, you're you're making more of an impact on every game that you play in, uh, and and through your eyes, I mean, how has that how has that been for you? Uh, yeah. So, um, in terms of my development. One of the main pieces of feedback that I've received is, is just my lateral movement, you know, um, 
I've always considered myself a, a three, four, you know, growing up, I, I played a more of a guard position, um, you know, cause I was a, a tall, skinny, super undersized for my height. Uh, so I was ended up playing, playing the guard position. Um, and once I got here, it was, you know, I was told, you know, you, you can play whichever position you can guard. Um, and so coming, coming over, I, I knew I had to get stronger. I knew I had to get a little bit more physical. Um, and so that, that made me more able to, to guard the big position. Um, so the biggest piece of feedback that I've received is just making sure my lateral movement stays up to date with my, with my strength. Yeah. And I feel like you, you're, you're so good at maximizing your time in the game too. I mean, we'll look down at a stat sheet after a game and you may have played eight minutes, but there's a, you know, there's a couple of big rebounds that feel like they impact the game or a, a big shot or or a block here or there. When you come into games, it's a lot about the energy, but I also feel like you're just trying to maximize as much as you can. Is that a mindset for you? Yeah, and and you know, I've always I've always had the mindset of of everything happens for a reason and you know, I know I went to business school for a reason and and that was something I took from doing a million pitches and and practice pitches, you know, you get the first 5 seconds of a pitch to hook hook your consumer <laughs> and then the next 30 and then 30 buys you two and you know two buys you five um so i've taken that approach to basketball you know you 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 check into the game you got 30 seconds to a minute to to i guess put some in the stat sheet you know make make some type of impact whether whether it gets recorded in the stat sheet or not um whether it's a hard screen a block a good rebound uh you know made shot and then that that time buys you some more time and then whatever you do with that buys you some more time and, and so on. So, um, it, Justin, to answer your question, it's absolutely been a mindset. Um, yeah. We're, we're talking with Gus yeah. Larson. You know, the other, the other part about that too, that I find interesting about this particular team, you, you've got guys like yourself, a guy like uh, Rodney Brown. There, there are several that haven't had much college playing experience, if any at all. But then there's a whole bunch like the Jalen Cones and the Tysons and the Amex that have had, a wealth of experience and it'd be interesting to know what that's been like for you just to kind of watch those guys operate watch kind of pick up on certain things that they may do that you insert into your game or your game prep what has that been like for you yeah um it's funny because because i'm a i'm a middle child off the court but i can't help but but feel like a middle child on the team and that (laughs) uh, i've had a lot of the the experience of of college basketball but not necessarily the the game experience that some of these other guys have had you know um so i feel like at at times i'm learning just as much as the as the younger guys and at, uh, at other times it feels like i'm i'm the veteran giving giving advice you know yeah um so, you know, to, to, to speak to your question, learning from these, these other guys and their, their preparation, one of the biggest things I've, I've taken away is just to not be overly serious. Mm. You know, I've found that in my mental preparation, a lot of times I can be overly hard on myself or um, overly strict with my routine. Right, right. Um, but I've found kind of the, the, the looser I feel on game day, um, the, the, the better I'm able to be in the moment. Uh, that being said, in order to do so, uh, during the week, I have to be really strict with my, with my preparation. So that come game day, I can, I can have that peace of mind and have that preparation 
already already in the bank. Talking with Gus Larson. All right, Gus, before I let you go, I, I got to go a little off the cuff here with what I read on your bio. I, I saw that you were a high school radio show host. <laughs> so obviously oh. that intrigued me. What, what, t- tell me about that. Yeah, so I, I ran this school radio for, I guess, I think it was four semesters. I was there. I was in boarding school for, for three years. So for my last two years, I worked as a radio show host and, you know, I absolutely loved it. It was mostly it was mostly music. From time to time, I tried to interview some people on campus or uh, within the basketball world that, you know, would pick up the phone. Um, but mostly it was just music. It was just sharing with the world what, what my music taste was. And that could range anywhere from hip hop to alternative rock to smooth jazz. You know, <laughs> you never really knew what you were going to get when you turned on the, the Gus Larson radio show. That's so, so when Jalen Cohn's out there warming up uh, pregame and he's playing his mix, are you are you just going out there and, and trying to be the, the, the radio DJ? Oh, exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> any any podcasting exactly in your future then? Are you Are you going to try and get back to it? We'll see. We'll see. Um, maybe, maybe just doing a couple more podcasts like this. There you uh, go. You know. There you go. Well, Gus we'll Larson, we, we've certainly enjoyed watching you this year. You guys have been a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to the to the final push of the regular season. And thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Justin. I really appreciate you having me on. All right, great stuff from Gus Larson, the walk-on player for the Cal men's basketball team, who has made an impact this season from Penn in the Ivy League to Cal in the Pac-12. Great to have him on the program this week. That does it for our show. On behalf of Gus Larson and Chelsea Spencer, another great interview from her as well to get ready for softball. This is Justin Allegri. Thanks for tuning in. Inviting you to come out to the remaining home schedule and the upcoming games for the softball, baseball, and all other sports on campus at Cal. Go to calbears.com or call 800-GO-BEARS to grab your seats today. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. So long for now. This has been Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the California Golden Bears Sports Network.